There's a common saying out there of everything happens for a reason. And many times it has a negative implication. Like, well, if something bad happens, it must be part of God's plan for my life because he's in control, right? Doesn't he give his toughest battles to his strongest soldiers? Well, spoiler alert, no. <laughs> and I know that this might be a controversial episode for some people, but you know what? We got to do it. So today we are rethinking the sovereignty of God. What's up, everybody? This is Rethink. My name is Clint Zeller. Thank you for spending just a few moments of your day with me today. If you're watching this on YouTube, do me a favor, click the subscribe button, click the blue, or no, no, click the like button and it will turn blue. It's super exciting, super exciting. You should try it. You should try it. Uh, also, leave me a comment down below. I'd love to have a conversation with you. If you're listening to this on iTunes, leave me a five-star review and type something in there real, real nice. If you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. All right, well, let's get into this bad mamma jamma today. I understand that that this is a big time deal for some people, but I can assure you that as I talk about this today, and this is by no means going to be this super in-depth theological discussion. I'm not going to go through every single verse throughout the Bible that talks about God being in control and explaining those things. I just want you to think about what you think about. And if you walk away from this episode saying, you know what? I disagree with him. I don't like that. What he said at all. That's fine. You know, that's fine. So it's just one of those things that I, I think if we understood the sovereignty of God in a, a different way, in a better way, in a more accurate way, it would free us up to step into the thing that we are created to be and the life that we're created to live. So that's what I want to get into today. Now, I first want to clarify the word sovereignty or sovereign because I do believe that God is sovereign. Yes, God is sovereign, but does sovereign mean in control of everything? No. Sovereign doesn't mean God is in control, but it does mean that God is in charge. So it's kind of like a king over a kingdom. He is a sovereign king. God is the sovereign king of the kingdom of God, but he doesn't control everything that happens. A king can't control every little aspect of the kingdom or the United States of America is a sovereign nation, but there are things within the nation that aren't, uh, that the, 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 the leaders of this nation can't control. So it, it's just a, 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 a slight shift in our thinking of that word sovereign. And, it, this is how I think of it, okay? I know a few people who own multiple properties and they lease them or they rent them out to other people. Now, the, the, my friend 
would be the landlord. They own the property. But then at some point, a deal is made. A covenant is signed. A contract is signed. And now they hand the keys over to a tenant. And now the tenant, even though the landlord is still in charge of this and still the owner of this home, that tenant now has the opportunity to really take this home and improve it or just destroy it. I've helped people clean out these houses after someone moves in. And I don't know, I don't know what people are thinking or how they live in this filth. But one time specifically, I walked in and this smell hit me like, I've never experienced anything like it. It just, it, it just, it made my eyes water. It made my eyes water. There was dog feces all over the place. They had wood floors or laminate floors or something, but and, and the urine had seeped through the cracks of that flooring and caused it to bubble up. I, I start to itch, and I look down, and I, I kid you not, there was no less than 30 fleas on my legs. And this isn't a matter of seconds. All this stuff hit me. And I'm thinking, what happened? This is, this is demonic. This, that's, this, is, this is crazy. I don't know how anybody could live in this situation. But the person that I was there helping, they, of course they didn't want this to happen. They own the house, but they handed the keys over to these people and they absolutely destroyed it. And, and so they're in charge, but they're not in control. And that's what sovereignty is. God is in charge, but he's not in control. He has handed you the keys to the kingdom. Now it's your do- job to unlock things, to loose things, and or, or, or lock things. You know, you can open doors. Or you can close doors. You can choose to walk in the favor of God or not. That's up to you. That's the power he's given you. But he's not going to force you to do anything. And he's not going to force bad things to happen to you in order to get your life on track. I I think sometimes we don't think outside of our little world sometimes. Because we say, oh man, the Lord really, he put this, he, he caused me to lose my job because... I, I needed to learn better financial stewardship. I don't know. People come up with all sorts of reasons. So God, God caused this thing to happen and, and to, to teach me something. But what about all the people out there that didn't lose their job? What about the absolute worst people out there that are killing it financially? Multi-multi-millionaires, billionaires. What about them? You know, we, we just get so focused on our little world that we don't think outside of that. And so we just got to think about what we think about. Rethink the sovereignty of God. He's in charge, but he's not in control. In fact, he's given you control. He's given you control, and that's good news. Why is that good news? Because now you have a choice. You have a choice in the matter. It's not, God's not so strict on this purpose that the this thing that he's created you for, that you have no say in the matter. It's, I've, I've thought about this before where people say that uh, they have a soulmate 
And, you know, my wife, Laura, she's my soulmate. And that sounds great. But what if I missed it somewhere? What if me and my wife never met? Am I destined to never be happy because I missed out on this one person? Man, I love my wife. And it's it's just so, like, I love my wife. I love my life. But what if, how long have we known each other? 16 years ago? Holy moly. I'm an old man. Anyway, what about 16 years ago, whenever we met, what if I chose to go out to eat somewhere else different that day? Did that make sense? What if I chose to go somewhere else that day and our, our paths never crossed? Does that mean I'm destined to never meet my soulmate? No. It's just, I mean, we, it's, you have a say in the matter. And, you know, don't tell my wife. I'll call, I'll tell her that she's my soulmate. But if we never met, she could have found somebody probably better than me. Let's be honest. <laughs> Maybe that's the direction I should have taken that example. So we need to see ourselves that, you know, with the power that we possess, the kingdom of God that we possess, we need to see ourselves that way and quit blaming God for all the bad things that happen. I'm telling you right now, God's not behind your pain. God's not behind your pain. He didn't kill your mom. He didn't kill your dad. He didn't take your grandfather. He didn't kill your cousin's child or your child. He didn't take your job. That's not how God operates. It's the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. We got to quit blaming God for all these bad things that happen. And when you blame God for all the bad things that are happening to you, you are very unlikely, man, I'm messing this up. You are less likely to run boldly to the throne of grace when you need to the most. You need to involve God in your pain. When you're in the pit, when you're in the prison, you got to involve him in it and he'll help you out of it. But if you think that he is behind your pain, you're probably not going to involve him that much. If you looked at me, if you knew me and you, and I, I, every time I saw you, I just start punching you in the face. <laughs> Some of these examples just come to my brain as I'm not even, I, I start a sentence and it just, I don't know where we're going. I'm just as shocked as you are many, many times. But if I punched you in the face every time you saw me, you probably wouldn't hang around me that much anymore, right? Well, if you think that God is causing all the pain, if you think God is causing rape, if you think he's calling children to starve to death, you don't know God. And that's the extremes, I know. But if you think God is going to take your job from you, you don't know God. God wants you to prosper and be in good health. He wants you to live in all the joy and peace and patience and self-control. He's placed this stuff on the inside of you. Stop blaming him. Stop blaming him. You are powerful and you have a say in the things that, that you get to experience in your, in your life. I love this ver this version of Philippians 4.13. Many people know Philippians 4.13. Uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But this is the amplified version of this. And I just think it sums up what I'm saying here. 
in a really great way. It says, I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self. Oh, I don't have the right thing up. Hold on one sec. One sec. Let's fix that. I'm going to start that over. I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I'm ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. So when I say that you have a say, your say becomes his say, right? So if we start to look at ourselves that we are one with Christ, I am in him, he is in me. We are one together. He is the head, but I am the body. That means that a head needs a body to get to where it needs to go. But a body needs a head because that's its life source. You cut someone's head off, they're dead. So we can't separate the two. Yes, you have a say, but as you start to grow let me, let me put this up. I'm actually, let, let's see here. I'm going to put up, you want to know what God's will for your life is? Man, I'm, I'm glad you stuck with the podcast episode this long because I'm going to show you. All right. You want to know? It says in uh, Psalm 37.4, delight yourself in the Lord. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. I used to look at this like, Oh, if I delight myself in the Lord, he'll give me whatever my heart desires. But it says he'll give you the desires of your heart. So when you delight yourself with the Lord, when you quit blaming him for all your problems and you start in, in delighting yourself, that means delighting yourself in the Lord means that you come to the realization that the Lord delights himself in you. Delighting yourself in the Lord means that you Come to the conclusion that the Lord delights himself in you. Then new desires start to form in your life. That's what this relationship will start to produce. So when I say that you are self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency, it's one of the same. It's one of the same. You are in control, but God is giving you that control. And when your thinking is aligned with his thinking, it's a recipe for success. I hope I'm making sense to you today. So sovereignty, the sovereignty of the Lord is a very real thing, but he's not a puppet master. He's not pulling the strings and causing this to happen in your life and this to happen in order to get you going down the right path. Because again, think about it. What about the people that that's not happening to? What about them? We got to take a step back. Look at it at a 30,000 foot approach. Think about what we think about. Rethink God. Rethink God's sovereignty and his involvement in our life. He is very present, but it's not in a negative way. He doesn't give his toughest battles to his strongest soldiers. That's not how it works. He helps you fight every battle. You're not in this by yourself. We can't blame God for all these things. One last example just came to me was when I was in Iraq, I was a medic. I got promoted to, to Sergeant E5. And so I was in charge of 
four line medics. I was also out on the line, but there was there was four that were under me. The first casualty, or the first death, I should say, in our battalion was not in my platoon. It was in another platoon. And uh, an IED went off, or a roadside bomb went off, and uh, one of the soldiers was killed. And one of my medics was on the scene, and he did everything in his power to save him, but there's nothing that he could do. Well, they get back. I heard that this had happened, and I, I are uh, on the fob or on the the base. Uh, we were staying in a um, different levels, and I, I went downstairs to meet him. Whenever they got back, and he was just everyone was a wreck. Everyone was crying. It was a, a horrible, horrible situation, and I start hearing guys blaming the medic for his death. The medic didn't set that IED. Some other guy did. A terrorist set the IED. But the medic was there. So they pointed all the blame on him. They placed all the blame on him. It wasn't his fault, but he was there. And we always feel like we need to blame somebody. And I think that's how we do it with God sometimes. He's there. So I'm just going to blame him. And many times, not all the time, but more often than not, when you're pointing your finger at God, you have three fingers pointed right back at yourself. Most of our problems are caused by our own poor choices. So yeah, everything happens for a reason. But it's not because of God. It's because you've made some poor choices. And now you're reaping what you've sown. But the good news is you can stop that. You can reap what Jesus has sown. You can reap what another man's sown, but we got to put stop put we got to stop placing the blame on God and accept responsibility sometimes and say I've messed up. But thank God for his goodness. Run boldly to the throne of grace. Run boldly to his sovereignty and know that he desperately wants to help you fix your problems. So that's good news. I know that some people have a hard time with this, but I'm telling you, when you understand this, when you get it, it changes everything. Whenever life knocks you around, you say, I don't have to take this. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I have the power that raised Christ from the dead on the inside of me. And so when life throws all this stuff at me, it's gonna, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to fight. And it's not going to affect me the way that it used to. That's what this does to you. So I hope that you, you get it. I know that I did, this isn't super deep, but I just want you to go back and think about what you think about. Rethink the sovereignty of God. And when you do that, everything starts to change. I promise you. I promise you. All right? So thank you so much for spending a few minutes of your day with me today. If you enjoyed this, please share it with your friends, your family, and your enemies. Click the subscribe button. Click the like button. Watch it turn blue. Just watch it. It's great. Comment down below. I'd love to have a conversation with you. But until next time, rethink everything.